1: It's all this COVID and stuff. Everybody's walking to their house. Can't really go out to eat that much. Maybe we can, but your favorite place is not open. Your favorite restaurant that are closed on your free and working, if you are working, maybe you want to order some food from your favorite restaurant. That's where our sponsor for this episode, restaurant.com, comes in. Today's episode is brought to you by Restaurant.com. With Restaurant.com, you can save at thousands of restaurants across the country with just a few clicks. Her dining deals range from $5 to $100. Never expire. Cost you a fraction of face value. Dinner has never been easier with Restaurant.com. Used for dine-in, takeout, or delivery. Restaurant.com is offering our listeners 50% off. That's half off. Your next purchase by going to www.restaurant.com slash podcast. That's www.restaurant.com forward slash podcast for 50% off your next purchase. That's half off, people. Get I would do it. Or you get half off deals nowadays? www.restaurant.com, the best deal every meal.
0: Hey guys, this is Eric and Jessica Carrier, the hosts of the Prairie Land Paranormal Podcast. And you're listening to
1: The Monster Legend Podcast. Monster. Hello and welcome to Monster Legend Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner. This week we're going over Wyoming with special guest. Oh, so e Podcast, Brendan Marsh. How you doing, man?
0: Good, man. How you doing, Tanner?
1: Doing good. I've been up since last night.
0: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> a little bit of an overachiever, then.
1: Yeah. Because like, <laughs> I have to work, like, 10s tomorrow, and um, hot. And um, I'm trying to, like, go to sleep tonight. I woke up at four yesterday.
0: you? <laughs> you're a braver man than I am. If I don't get to bed at a decent amount of time, I'm, I'm kind of a grumpy Gus. So
1: yeah, we're all work alone, so don't worry about people. <laughs> so, you're uh, he covering like the Mufon. Uh, UFO guys in a recent episode?
0: Yeah, so um, we had a good friend of mine with the literally the coolest name in the world. It's Earl Grey, just like the T. Yeah, it's um, cool shit. But he's the assistant director of the southern region of MUFON in California. And then he does he's an investigator for their, their star team which it would be I, and I may be saying this wrong and I apologize in advance but he does the star team which is the people that actually go out and investigate like actual like wreckage sites and then he's also a member of their encounter team which goes out and 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 interviews the people that have seen the UFOs Cool. Yeah, so he's a he's a very busy guy. Very busy.
1: There's like a look at the live UFO map they have on their website.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, there's a ton of them on there. Yeah. Well, and well, that works good for you know what we're talking about tonight with Wyoming too, because they had that huge um, alien ordeal out there in in Wyoming as well. Yeah, they what was it called? The Yellowstone? Well, there was the Yellowstone one, but there was the one in, um, they called it the Higden ordeal, which was the one where the, the guy was out hunting. It was like in the seventies, I think 74. And, um, he had gone out hunting oh, yeah. or needing to go hunting. And he, uh, ran into this alien that came up behind him. And it's like, Hey, come with me. And he goes on this intergalactic trip and they decide that he's not good enough for whatever thing they wanted and they dumped him back off but when they dropped him off they put him right on the edge of a cliff oh, no. and he fell, fell down got hurt and ended up being in the hospital for a few days but miraculously all the health issues he had prior were gone oh. he was an oil well driller yep yep he was an oil oil well driller yeah. four. Yeah. Yep, back in 74. And then with that too, you know, he um, he was said when he was out hunting and he was getting ready to take a shot on a sweet elk that he had found. And literally time almost froze. Like he could watch the bullet come out of the gun and just drop into the snow right in
1: front of him. Dang. Oh, God. What the... Is he still alive I'll talk to him? Um, he it's might 40... be. He's, four, he's 41, Dan. He's, so, might so he'd be. be
0: 70s, maybe? 70s, 80s. He's, yeah, he,
1: he's
0: but according, according to that little pill that he took from the aliens, it cured all his health issues. So I would assume that he should be in pretty good shape, in theory. Unless, you know, his uh, anxiety and everything else just kind of went to shit
1: afterwards. But... Yeah. He might have kicked back from the rifle. So uh, as soon as there's no kickback from the rifle, but it's more even more perplexing was the fact that 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 show is absolutely silent. Whoa.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he, it was a, oh, what was it? Was it a a seven millimeter magnum? I think it was, or a nine millimeter magnum rifle. Yeah. But he, um, he said that it, it, you know, it kicked like a mule, and it was super loud. And if you didn't have it up to your shoulder just right, you know, it would just It would just rip your shoulder off, and um, but he said it was completely silent. He didn't feel a kick from it at all. Everything was silent around him, and Mm. it was a seven millimeter. That's what it was. Yeah, seven millimeter. And you know, it's obviously it's going to have some power to it if it's going to put down an elk, but yeah, nothing. It was completely silent, and it just—he said it just kind of floated like a butterfly. The bullet did. So, but i mean you were telling me about some of the stuff here in wyoming and i mean i never realized how much stuff they had going on out there
1: yeah they have like so like of course bigfoot because bigfoot's like the white-tailed deer of of um cribits everywhere and yeah they have like well, giant I... birds and werewolves and
0: <laughs> yeah they, the thunderbirds yeah And uh, I mean that doesn't surprise me being You know with it so much Native American Territory out there That they would have Thunderbirds or You know like the The Wendigos or The Skinwalkers or you know Any of those Native American creatures But they also Have like aliens and Reptilian creatures and They had a mummy
1: Oh yeah the mummy's Uh, real interesting
0: Yeah I mean who would think that you'd find a mummy in the San Pedro Mountains in Wyoming?
1: I don't know, it was great What was it? San Pedro. And uh back in nineteen thirty-four, so this is or like Great Depression. Yep. Two miners in same group rare than gold. Yeah, mummies are super rare. Apparently.
0: Yeah, because wasn't it, wasn't it that it was a, uh, a pygmy Native American race, that they found?
1: Yeah, it was only like 14 inches, so yeah. like foot, like a little over foot.
0: Yep, and it was sitting there kind of like partway curled up. They named it Pedro. I remember that much.
1: So that's your primary scientific test. So. Uh all well, was Pedro was an adult or a child, for most of his belief, it was the only to in fact, the tragic infant victim of a rare criminal disorder. It's like mini-me. <laughs>
0: yeah, mini-me. And then, but yeah, but it makes me wonder if, you know, with it being up in the mountains, with how cold it is with the snow, because, you know, a lot of them places where they're white-capped, they have snow all year round. Yeah. You know, my only guess is, you know, maybe it was just frozen in the ice, you know, kind of like the Iceman was when they pulled him out.
1: Yeah, like fro like froze dried.
0: Yep. It, exactly. But I mean, you know, it's the, the town different. or the area that they found it was 60 miles southwest of Casper, Wyoming. So, I mean, it's not like it's, I mean, it is a little bit of a kind of a wide open area, but... That's still a pretty decent-sized town where they found him.
1: it. was probably there before town was built, maybe.
0: Yeah, well, and then they said that they also, in the town of Matizzi, the yeah. drugstore there was actually the the person working there or that owned it was the one that found it originally, and they put the thing in their in their front window. Oh, cool. of the drugstore. How did he? I, I don't know how he got it, but he had it in a little glass jar on a pedestal and just had it sitting right in their front window.
1: Yeah. So Floyd, Floyd Jones made, a, yeah, made good money. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's what I would do if I started a business. You know, just put a mummy in the window. That'll definitely draw people to come in.
1: Oh, it's really cool looking too. Yeah, it was. That's little face. That's <laughs>
0: Well, and I mean, even if the mummy's not enough, they have their own lake monster too.
1: Oh yeah, of course, of course. Like, um, if you have a, a puddle, you have a monster, kind of some kind of water monster. In your
0: state, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, he. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it works good for people. So you know, all the listeners out there, if you don't have the time to go to Scotland to chase after Loch Ness, you know. Do a little road trip to Wyoming, and you can, you know, just it's right on the edge of Highway th- highway 90 as it cuts through Wyoming. You know, you can stop at Lake Desmet and yeah. find Smetty the Lake Monster.
1: Yeah, I think after Father Pierre John Desmet, who yep. the American Christianity. You got it. Honest, the lake was really rather small, being only six miles long. Okay, small, whatever. It's a pretty big lake. Um, John Smith a letter wrote on August 24th 1851 another report by Captain Henry E. Palmer in 1865 described the lake as two miles long and about three-fourths of a mile wide still
0: yeah still. and I mean you know there's they had a, what was that, that Miss Barkey that stated that they that they'd actually seen two of them in the lake at one point and they said that they look like two long telephone poles, with like lard buckets stuck on the top <laughs> for the
1: heads. Yeah, the thing is like an alligator-like, waltness-type creature. Yep. Um, which makes sense. It is. A, no, I don't know how the alligator would get to a lake though.
0: No, you'd think you'd think with them being cold-blooded though that they wouldn't be able to do very well because yeah. they wouldn't be able to
1: move a lot. Yeah, that's true. Let's say like, it could be like a species that adapted to the cold. Oh, yep, yeah, I agree. It's more likely than Smeddy. Yeah, it's called Smitty. It's the name. The name. It's yep, a sm- hoax. It's more likely than a, ho- a hoax. As like Smet is a man-made reservoir which rented from a relatively small lake that would have been unable to support a large aquatic predator not to be good. Like was originally unsuitable for most of like, life to thrive. So I can
0: uh yeah. But it makes you wonder though, how much do they really know is in that lake? Because yeah, it could just be that it's only a couple miles long, and you know what what they say? You said three quarter mile wide. Yeah. You know, there's no telling how deep that thing is, though. Or it could be one of those deals where maybe They didn't notice it, but it has, like, an underground, like, cavern that goes underneath a lot bigger and a lot further than that.
1: Sure. Like, uh, oh, those one lakes in uh, Nevada, they're supposed to be connected. The Pyramid Lake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they found, like, bodies, like, someone drowned in one lake and they'll somehow end up upstream in the other lake. I don't, like, yeah. I don't know how, how that works Well
0: it's like it almost kind of gets like sucked in through I wonder if with the way the current moves in the lakes if it doesn't like force them down into it
1: Yeah like a like when you, uh, it's called when you take gas out of gas tank
0: Oh siphoning it?
1: Yeah like a siphoning
0: thing happening currents. it could be you never know uh, what, got you, what got you started in Paranormal? Well, Paranormal,
1: it's... <laughs> I don't know. It's a hard question. I don't know. Like, I like it. It's
0: fun. Well, no. I, I've i always been kind of intrigued by it. I had a, kind of a shadow man encounter when I was a kid that really kind of got me started. Mm. I mean, back in, the, back in the 80s, my brother and I used to sneak out of the bedroom at night and we'd we'd watch like the old like mummy movies or vampire movies you know the ones that like vincent price or you know tales from the crypt or you know those those types of movies back in the 80s and you know they'd be on at midnight so we'd you know mom and dad would go to bed so we'd sneak out we'd you know watch these horror movies back from back in then and they always kind of captivated me and, you know, like I said, we had a uh, shadow experience, a shadow man experience that really kind of solidified it for me. And as I got older, I kind of got more into it. I loved reading about it and researching it. And I got the opportunity to join a group um, that was affiliated with Grant and Jason with the TAPS team out on the East Coast. Yeah. They they had a subsidiary team that was based in Iowa And I got a chance to join with them. And from there, it just kind of blossomed. I mean, we, that kind of fell, that team fell apart and we started our own team. So I went from being the new guy to the founder or a co founder, I guess I should technically say, to becoming, you know, the tech manager to, um, becoming essentially like a trainer. I I ran almost like a paranormal academy for a while, where if people were interested in doing paranormal, they'd come to me, I'd teach them how to do it, and then they'd go off into the world and join teams and investigate with their new teams, to where I am now, where I'm a lead investigator for a team that's over on the uh, eastern edge of Iowa, right, um, actually in the oldest town in Iowa. So it's just been kind of continually progressing. And I mean, I, I came into the idea of being, well, I'm very skeptical to, okay, now I've seen stuff that there's no denying that there's something else out there.
1: Howdy listeners, I'm Chris, the friendly neighborhood keeper from Untitled
0: Dice Game, here to tell you about our actual play Monster of the Week podcast. It features
1: a group of hunters with strange talents who've been recruited by a secretive government agency to fight monsters. Each week we release a new episode packed with improvised humor, horror, and enough bad decisions to derail a train. Find us at UntitledDiceGame.com
0: or search us out wherever you listen to podcasts. What's it like being
1: on an investigation? Um, slow. Her, her, her is really boring <laughs> for most part. do so sit around.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing like the TV shows that you yeah. watch. Yeah, no. so, yeah, I mean, you're, you're there for, you know, a good five, six hours easily, and you have stuff happening. Well, you know, you can get into some of them little hotspot areas where you have a lot of stuff happening but most of the time it's usually, you know, something will happen here and then you try to get it to happen again. And, you know, a half hour later, still nothing's happened. So let's move on to something else. So, I mean, it's very not, I mean, it's not super exciting. I think a lot of people would honestly be pretty bored while they're there, but at the same time, you know, you're sitting in the dark and you know everybody's mind's going to do what their minds do, and you know that anxiety is going to creep into your mind because you're sitting in a place that's reportedly haunted, and you're—I mean, it's not like in the movies where you know a, a nun's going to come walking through the wall screaming at you with claws or anything like that. But I mean, you're gonna—you're gonna eventually find something that's gonna I call it that moving the mountains moment where you it takes everything that you know and kind of flips it on its head and it's that's the point that you need to get to as an investigator to decide oh my god this is awesome I want to find out more about this or I want to see more of this to or the other flip side of it is okay that scared the shit out of me I'm out of here yeah so it's kind of that make or break. There's not really an in between. And I mean, I've been in it now for, well, let's see, it's October now. So give it another two weeks and I'll have been doing it for 14 years. So
1: it's a time.
0: <laughs> yeah. A lot of money too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard you talking one episode. He's like, oh, a few thousand dollars, about $5,000 yeah. later.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you want to get fully into it and and um, really go all out with this with the equipment and stuff like that, you know, you're putting thousands of dollars into into a hobby. So it's kind of like you know, if you're into antique cars, you're gonna you know that it's going to cost you a lot of money to be able to do what you want to do. Yeah. But on the flip side, you know, if if it's this is something you're interested in and you want to do it you don't have to spend a lot of money you can you know go buy a digital camera for 40 bucks at best buy or radio shack or something and just get a little digital recorder just make sure that the one that you get plugs into your computer so you can download the information to review it and i mean really that's all you technically need i mean you can you can run an investigation with just that and i mean i have um When I first got into doing investigations, the first two or three investigations you go on, you don't use any equipment. You take a piece of paper and a pencil or a little notepad and a pencil. And you just, all you do is you write down the feelings that you get. Like this doesn't feel right. Or I feel cold or, or, you know, I get, I have a tingling feeling coming from some unknown reason. You know what I mean? Just that type of stuff so you just really kind of get yourself in tune with what you're looking for so you're not just sitting there staring at a screen for five hours.
1: True. Like, do you ever, like, like the first time going to a place and, like, like the first night or whatever, you're like you mark it down like, oh, I got a cold spot here. You got a little, little chill, like a little spoot like at so-and-so time that kind of thing
0: yeah so basically what you do is and this is part of how I was training people is I would have them start like that and obviously you don't ever go to a place by yourself when you're new I mean I don't really recommend going into the places by yourself even if you're more seasoned with it either but Um, you have somebody with you that has the equipment. So if you're like, hey, I feel a cold spot, they'll move the equipment around to check that cold spot and um, they'll kind of flag it. And then when you go back and review the evidence, you know, you have those notes there. So you can say, well, at this time I felt, you know, something was wrong at this point in time and then you can kind of collaborate that against any evidence you may have found at that time, whether it's audio or visual or anything like that.
1: So like you ever uh I'm to think question that question. Uh like why was like um what's the deal with like EMF readers. Like why how come like spirits or ghosts or whatever like affect EMFs?
0: Well, so just like most things in life, things require energy to function, you know, whether it's your TV or your lamp or your phone or anything like that, they require energy to operate. Just like your body, your body needs some form of energy to be able to operate. You know, obviously that's why we drink. That's why we eat. That's why we sleep is so we have that energy to do stuff. Same goes for spiritual or on the other side of it they require energy to be able to manipulate or manipulate the environment or manifest or be able to do anything well they draw the energy out of different objects around them so what the emf detector does is it it reads like magnetic fields so if they're drawing energy from something it's going to show a pulse on the emf detector showing that okay this magnetic field is drawing energy in so they're able to read it on how how big of a scale or how much of a i I forget what the actual um energy reading on the k2 is but um it's able to show you okay we see a, a pulse of energy in this area that is either like a weaker pulse or it's a very strong pulse. And so we use that to kind of help us communicate with stuff. Like um you can do like a questionnaire session where you set the set the EMF detector down like on a table or a chair or even you know even on the floor. And you know, you can have them move closer to or away from it to communicate with you. So you know like move it to the red dots if you say yes, or move it to the yellow if you say no. And the, you know, the closer you move yourself to this sensor, the more lights are going to show up. So they can communicate with you like that, as well as you can use it to kind of debunk stuff as well, because obviously if you take an a EMF detector, put it by a light bulb, it's gonna show that there's an energy reading coming off of it. Same with like wires in the wall. You know, if you um, if you put that EMF detector along the wall where like the power lines are running through the wall, you'll get a signal off of it. And yeah. you can actually use that to kind of debunk stuff because um, different people's bodies handle different levels of energy readings or EMF levels differently. So um, one of the biggest ones that let off a lot of EMF levels are like the 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 oh, the oh the lights up in the ceilings, you know, the long tube lighting that people have like in industrial or businesses and stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I can't think of the, the term for them right now, oh. but um, you know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking
0: about. But yeah, so they let off a ton of uh, essentially EMF radiation. To, to just to simplify the terminology on it and people can get anxious feelings or nervous or anything because their body that's how their body reacts to that type of EMF levels so you can go into a place with your with your meter and you'll be getting solid readings coming off them lights and you can essentially debunk part of it in a in a sense because you can say well you know, you're getting these uncomfortable feelings coming from these lights, and we actually—I did that with the team down in Arizona. You weren't able to use those meters at all in the main hallways of this building because even when the lights were shut off, they were still putting off that energy. Far
1: hmm. hmm. like uh, like a, like, a, like a residential
0: like, yeah, Kind of like a residual, residual type feeling coming off of it, or a residual energy emitting off of it. Because you know, even just like your TV and stuff, even though it's off, it's not fully off. It can still be emitting electrical waves off of it because yeah. there's still power
1: feeding into it. Yeah, it's like like your computer. Like you have to like um, turn it off off. You have to like. Turn off, take your battery out, and like hold your battery power button down, drain it. Yep, exactly. Like, exactly. Do you ever read about like Planck's law? Planck's law. Well,
0: I believe so. You'd have to refresh my memory.
1: Uh, The quantum theory of absorption and emission of radiation, announced in 1900 by Planck, ushered an era of modern physics. He proposed all material systems can absorb or give off electromagnetic radiation pulling in chunks of energy and these are proportional to the frequency of that radiation e equals hb the constant proportionally. h is not as known above called Planck's constant
0: yeah yep i've i've i haven't done a lot of research into it but i know what you're talking about and and yes you're on the exact same yeah not to use a bad pun, but the same wavelength. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: it's good. I was like, I think about ghosts. I was, like, I'm wondering if like, a like, quarter if like, it's from a different dimension.
0: And, like, ghosts? Well, yeah. there's, there's lots of theories out there. I
1: don't know. It's, just, it's crazy. It's,
0: yeah. So the main theory that I think is kind of, universally accepted at this point is the um
1: um stone the, the stone tape theory
0: yes but i was meaning a little bit more like um like the multiple dimension or the multiple um yeah. the intersecting it's called the many realms. worlds
1: theory many worlds
0: yeah, yeah, yep 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 kind of um yeah so when you die on in our realm you essentially you don't your your body the physical body dies but the the energy or, or the spirit or whatever you want to call it um shifts to another realm or another I don't want to call it another dimension but another like different level and ats at some points in time they the the layers kind of blend or overlap each other and at at those points or those junctures that's where you you get the bigger chance of seeing these energies because i mean (laughs) we can go into all sorts of different theories and stuff with this but but I I think that's kind of the base one is that those kind of overlap and I mean you you can throw in like little twists to it like you know if you put in talking about like ley lines where ley lines intersect with each other people say that portals appear that open up to them different layers and levels and um, it's (laughs) it's a very broad (laughs) topic (laughs) so I mean we could go into all sorts of different theories on it but but yeah i think that's kind of the most broadly accepted one is that there's different different levels of existence and at different times and different environmental um things are just right to where you get that overlap and you get that chance to see what those are and i mean i with the world today with how history has brought people up you know with with the world religions and Christianity and everything like that all the different religions in the world where it's believed that these are spirits of the dead as opposed to the energies of a moved on existence I guess that would be the easiest way to say it.
1: Yeah. Or like a... a like another dimension, a parallel universe.
0: Something well, that's like a... That. That's a whole nother ball game. So, yeah. <laughs> the other thing with it is, is you know, you... You run into what could be interdimensional beings. I mean, you know, you have... Different types of creatures that can come from other dimensions, or, or you know, some people believe aliens are interdimensional, where they come from different dimensions to come and visit and do invest and investigate us or, or watch us. I mean, God, they even they, they think Bigfoot's even an interdimensional being. Some yeah. people do. I don't I think. Mean, so.
1: wh- I don't think. He uh, is. say
0: you're you're the. You're the monster legend aficionado, so what are your thoughts with Bigfoot?
1: Uh, I, he's definitely not. I don't think. There's not, I don't see no reason for him to be an inter- interdimensional being.
0: No so, point. You, so do you think he's like a descendant of the great apes, or what?
1: Probably like our third cousin twice removed, kind of deal the deal.
0: Not on, not on the step parent side, right?
1: probably i don't know i guess <laughs> it's probably like a third cousin twice removed <laughs> kind of deal happening
0: oh yeah i can i can agree with you but and there wasn't there a story out of wyoming where um yeah. what was, was it where they said that uh I think it was Yellowstone in the National Park where somebody oh, yeah. said that Bigfoot tried to throw him in like a one of the one of the um the hot springs, wasn't it? Yeah. Was this off Reddit? Yeah, I think it might have been on Reddit.
1: Tell to uh the name?
0: Can't find it. Yeah, I don't I don't remember the name right off hand. Oh no. Oh, huh, that's hard to see. Because there's there was a couple of them. Because there was a Bigfoot one, and then there was one where I saw that this um, guy had reported that a siren had appeared to him and coerced him to follow her, and she led him right into one of the one of the hot springs, and he died in the hot spring from being burnt to death. Oh no. <laughs> So I guess if you're cool. out hiking in Yellowstone and a beautiful woman comes and says, follow me, don't do it because you ain't getting lucky. You're going to get burned in more than one way.
1: Yeah, like what are chances you're to run into a siren in build Wyoming? As, <laughs> what the, like a park, like a sailing mishap.
0: What are the odds that you'd find a mummy in Wyoming? True. <laughs> Then the other one too, I mean the other big thing that they had in Wyoming that I it completely blew me away was werewolves.
1: Yeah. yeah people in Cryptology are kind of like weird about werewolves because there's like the, well, re- there's like some camps like it can't be werewolves because that's silly
0: well know. there's so there's so many different gener- or not generations but different genres of werewolves out there right now because you know you got like the the big dogs that um you know like you have well Wisconsin has one that bray road beast yeah you, you know that's technically would be a werewolf but it's it's a dog uh, Michigan has the dog man which I mean it's a bipedal you know canine creature so if it's if it's a canine creature that walks on two legs I mean I in my mind it's a, it's a werewolf so and then you know Wyoming's no different you know they have all sorts of stories coming out of there about
1: these werewolves too this story uh, a fellow classmate was having a kegger at his parents house that night which was 20 miles out of town on dirt road somewhere uh, Jim had reservations about driving out there in the dark because that general area was known for it to be sort of creepy at night. but his friends really wanted to go and he was only one in the car. so after coaxing in gym and about Bob of his friends followed into his Buick and head out of town I a Buick.
0: <laughs> I had a Buick at one point, don't even. <laughs> They're very comfortable, luxurious rides, especially for old people. But, anyways,
1: <laughs> um, um, they're driving, they got lost. Like, I get lost, you've been there to your friend's house.
0: Yeah, I don't know. This is, but they said it was too dark to read any of the signs, that's why they got lost.
1: I turned the car around, driving off the opposite direction for a few miles. Jim spawned something in the middle of the road up ahead. His friend's passers seat so notices it at the same time and says, what is it? What is the F that is that dude in the first place? can't tell what they're looking at, but his car draws near to the big black shape in the, middle of the road. It looks like a massive fur. So I'll be at this point. I'll be thinking it's a bear.
0: Well, yeah, there's tons of bears in Wyoming because they have black bears. They have grizzly bears. They have brown bears. I mean, the last time I was out in Montana, I about hit a black bear with my car. So. Uh, it's gonna happen. You're gonna see big masses of fur. And, and I mean, Jim did think that too. He thought it was an animal and so he, it was big enough to do damage to his car so he slowed down and stopped the car.
1: Then It stopped the car and it they all, they're all quiet and it started to stir up and it stood up with two legs like, so, or I assume.
0: Yeah. And oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's like, his, his reaction is great. He's like, I've never seen anything like this before. And because it was what, about seven feet tall when it got to full height. And it was shaped like a human, but it was covered in thick fur. Yeah. And he said, he said the head looked almost like a jackal or a German shepherd, you know, the type, like with the long snout and the pointy ears and that its eyes were glowing in the headlights the way like a cat's eye do does if you like shine a light at them but and it was just staring right at him
1: i heard that like only like only predators have those like reflections in their things in their eyes help them see at night with a honey well,
0: i don't i don't know if that's true because out here in Iowa we have a ton of deer Oh, yeah, that's like, true, yeah. And they, that's one of the first things you see. You either see their white butt as they're jumping around or you see their eyes reflecting in the headlights. So, but, I mean, the funniest part about the story was um, when he was staring at the thing, he noticed that it was holding a dead rabbit in one of its hands or paws or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And he, the, the creature literally flung the rabbit and started to walk towards them and so they started screaming and he slammed the car in reverse and just like got the heck out of there but they didn't even they didn't even go to their party they just were like nope (laughs) we're done (laughs)
1: yeah oh that will be my i totally agree with this jim's reaction and approach to this i was so hard to do
0: well, to be fair, if I saw a seven foot tall furry creature staring at me, throwing dead rabbits around, you know, I, I I'd probably just get out of there and you know, probably have to clean up the seat of my car a little bit. And bad stuff. <laughs> Dude's gonna The funniest part was I was looking through like some of like the the conversations that people were having about the story. Yeah, and they were sitting there trying to like figure out connections to what this could have been, and someone started relating this to the Egyptian god Anubis. Okay, and, and saying, "Well, wasn't Anubis then considered a werewolf?"
1: <laughs> are you serious, you're saying about Anubis? It's like, what?
0: Yeah, it's like, okay, so are you suggesting like the Egyptian god of death? is hanging out in wyoming scaring people and eating rabbits
1: it sounds like dog it also sounds like a dog man too like yeah me. yeah and i
0: mean i bet you that 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 very well could be what it was as opposed to a, a werewolf it probably was more like a dog man because there seems to be a lot more sightings of dogmen lately too
1: yeah, and I heard they're not nice at all. I heard no. they're very, very, very mean.
0: Yeah, they're not. They're not the friendliest of creatures by any means.
1: So weird, because Dogs are really nice.
0: Yeah, dogs are. Except for mine has decided that chewing on my fingers is the greatest thing in the world right now.
1: Oh yeah. You come home and your bare chairs like chewed to shreds.
0: No, <laughs> well, no, he's good. He doesn't chew on most stuff, except that apparently my finger is is pretty cool tonight. So, so have you ever
1: been to Wyoming? Um, no, have you been?
0: Yeah, I've I've been there quite a few times. I I used to spend a lot of time out in um, Montana, but we were. So, the town that we were in was on the north entrance to Yellowstone Park. So, you know, Yellowstone sits in that northwest corner of Wyoming, and part of the park actually is in Montana as well. Um, but we the town that we were in was the, is the north entrance. So, it's the one that has the stone archway as you enter into the park that's always on, like, the pictures. They talk about the Roosevelt Arch. Yep. That's where that is. But so, we would drive up I-90 through South Dakota and then it like cuts up uh, about a quarter of the way into Wyoming and then turns and goes straight north like up into Billings, Montana. So I mean, we spent quite a bit of time in there, and then you know we spent a lot of time in Cody, Wyoming too, which is you know just outside of Yellowstone as well. Um, but it's it's a very interesting state. I mean, it's wide open. Um, there's a lot of oil mines. So I mean. You you would almost think of like Texas or Oklahoma because you'd see all the big oil um, pumps, you know the ones that kind of back and forth. Yeah, you, there's a lot of those everywhere. Um, a lot of the a lot of the terrain before you get into the mountains is very almost kind of flat and barren almost. So if it's if it's not farmland, it's it's pretty barren and just kind of wide open. But, I mean, the, the views are, especially when you get over to the, to the western side where the mountains are, it's just absolutely gorgeous. Are you looking for a new adventure? Did you ever want to visit the city where all your nightmares reside? Well, you're in luck. Join us, your tour guides, Christine and Jen, to visit Nopeville, where you will be personally escorted on an all-inclusive trip through the city and see all possibilities
1: of terror and fright. You'll see all sorts of things on your tours, including, but definitely not limited to, the paranormal, true crime, the supernatural, and more. If you're into all that and enjoy a little dark humor, book your tour today and Nope right along with us. Check us out on our website at nopevillepodcast.com to see where you can listen to Nopeville today. freaking yeah there was, a, there was a big glacier about a few hundred thousand years ago it's so flat. yeah and that very
0: well could have been it could have been a just a big glacier and i mean you probably you might know a little bit better than i do on it because i know you you were doing a lot of research for the show um but yeah i think you're right i think it was a glacier that kind of flattened it all out just the weight of the ice and everything and the way it melted off
1: yeah Yeah, I came from that's why I've got the Great Lakes. Came from like Canada and that's why I've got the Great Lakes and the whole entire Midwest is like pancaked. And we got like a two mountains on the west and the east. Like like you would if like you put some like um like you drove something through sand or something, like they pile up on the sides, you know.
0: Yep, exactly. So I'm I'm just waiting for the point where we get the big earthquake that's big enough to knock California off. Yeah. Sorry to my friends that live out there. By the way,
1: <laughs> I heard like they're on fire all the time now. So sad.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. You'd think that there's something that they could have, they could do out there with with trying to help prevent that a little bit, but there's so much. So much forest area out there, especially like up in that northern northern region. As you're getting up closer to like Oregon and stuff, that I mean, I just there probably isn't a
1: way you can do anything with it. Yeah, and people like keep having dinner revel parties with prior to it, like with the fireworks and Scotland troubles I think that's how the last one started. most recent one?
0: Well, I know wasn't it was it the california one or was it the ones out in colorado where they did a gender reveal party and they're shooting off fireworks at it and that's what
1: yeah they caught a whole field on fire yep yep i I think they got arrested or charged or something because someone died
0: yeah and then then could you imagine i feel so bad if like the state started suing the guy that had the party you know they're just trying to celebrate the fact that they ha- they're having a kid and now they <laughs> they're absolutely broke because they started a wildfire that you know burned enough acreage to cover like two states
1: so it's a hard pill, it's a hard pill to swallow
0: yeah it is so when we we're when we we're you sent me over some links for some of these things and one of the things I kind of wanted to ask your thoughts about and um, it was the part that you're talking about like the reptilians that they found oh, did, yeah, you, did you see the part where they're talking about a subterranean highway
1: oh yeah you hear about uh, on oh yeah Let me bring it.
0: So apparently these people are saying that there's this subterranean highway and it's it's not just for America, like it literally is like a sub-global system. And there's like different checkpoints at the different countries and they they travel at high rates of speed. Um, and then like there's entrances all over like um, like New Mexico, Arizona have like the most amount of entrances, and then like California, Montana, Idaho, Colorado, Pennsylvania, Kansas, Arkansas, Missouri all have a ton of them. And then, but since Wyoming has, but Wyoming's the only one that actually has roads that open directly into the subterranean freeway. Um, but apparently it's near this place called Brooks Lake in Wyoming that um they don't use the road to connect to it anymore but it's it's maintained and ready to be reopened at any time
1: did you hear about that yeah it sounds very much like what um Elon Musk wants to do in california really i didn't hear about that 50. Hyperloop um, Uh, Hyperloop is a proposed mode of passenger and freight transportation for issues described at OPRSOS like uh, a vacuum released by a joint team from Tesla and SpaceX Hyperloop really? is a sealed, sealed tube or system of tubes with low air pressure through which a pod may travel substantially free of air resistance and Friction,
0: yeah, they're saying like it's what was it, how many times the speed of sound or something like that? That they could do,
1: yeah, super fast.
0: Okay, so if you're gonna be traveling that fast, I got into this conversation with Earl from Moonstone. Well, yeah, one, how do you stop? But when you're traveling at that high rate of speed. You know, think of the G-force that's going to be uh, inflicted oh, on yeah. your body. You know, you're going to turn into a puddle, wouldn't you? Unless they have a way of, like, specially pressurizing the, the compartment. Wouldn't it have to be?
1: Yeah, it would. You, I think. Like, the air force, Like, they only do, like, what, eight?
0: yeah I think I think that's the max that they can do is 8 G's because if I remember correctly every G that you do is essentially breaking the sound barrier isn't it so it's yeah. uh, eight, eight G's would be eight times the speed of sound yeah if I'm right I, th- I think I think that's right but so if they're traveling that fast and they're I mean, how would your body be? You'd have to be like a NASA-trained astronaut to be able to have your body. Because I mean, Grandma's not going to be able to handle, you know, three Gs of shooting down a tube to go get her nails done.
1: You have to like wear special like suits, keep your like, your test like your guts inside you, for real.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's not that far out of the realm. I mean, people are required to wear face masks now, so why, what would a spacesuit be any different if you are traveling? Sure. <laughs> Just a thought. So what did you think about those reptilians that they found?
1: I think they're very, very, very cool.
0: It sound like... Well, and it's, it's weird because, you know, I, I bring it up because we were talking about that Brooks Lake area where they had that, had that, um, that under there, that subterranean tunnel, but they said that they had found a huge lizard that was what, six and a half feet tall that was wearing a vest and like sh- essentially shorts.
1: Yeah sounds very much like the draconian yeah kind
0: of they said that its eyes were like cats and it had a tail and the person that saw it just it just kind of made them freeze they couldn't move and then um it, it got it sounds like it got close enough to him to where it's it hit the guy and his whole body, from his feet to his head, he fell back to the ground, unsure if he flew or just tipped over backwards. But the thing came walking up to him, and and it just looked down. Its mouth was slightly open. It was hissing. It had the forked tongue, and I mean, God, I wouldn't even know what to do if that happened.
1: I, I've seen a recent movie about what was. It? There's a movie that came out like a year ago about like the reptilians and Hitler being reptilians, and they have like living underground.
0: Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean this—the way I'm picturing this—and um, French guy. Yeah, yeah, kind of, but. The way I was picturing this character from the story that, that we're, I was talking about is if you remember, I want to say it was the, was a Return of the Jedi? Yeah. It had those lizard men guards in it that, you know, they literally, it was like they're wearing a vest, but they had like that metal plate on the front of it. And then they were wearing like the shorts or the pants with their robe. That's exactly what I picture when I read through those stories. It's like, all right, this is like literally something out of Star Wars. And I guess that's one of the theories that people have about these reptilian people is that they're aliens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, that one guy from VK who thinks they're shape shifting reptilian aliens deep inside government and business.
0: Well, yeah, because I wanted to say, I thought over, like, in that Brooks Lake area, I thought there was, like, a military base there, but I could be wrong. Okay. So, Well, sometimes, because there's little hidden ones all over the place. I mean, you know, Roswell or Area 51 was uh, a secret base for a long time until, you know, it got out about the alien encounter there and... You know, and then here, just this year, everybody tried to storm it to find out the information.
1: Yep. I guess that didn't really work out too well.
0: No, I, well, I guess a few of the people actually tried and they got up to the gate and the guards were staying there with their rifles and they're like, -no. Mm no, just no. And then one person did get arrested. I did hear about that. But he didn't get arrested because he was storming it. He was just being, you know, the arrogant young person that he was and decided that it was a good idea to stand there at the gates and pee on it. So. <laughs> That's
1: it. Can't do that anywhere.
0: No. Especially in front of a military soldier. Not the smartest.
1: Speaking of aliens and military bases, I heard, like, they see UFOs, like, all the time, fly by the the nuclear places and like it did like when they fly by like like shut off all the power and stuff really
0: no i didn't i need to be more mindful because there's a nuclear plant that's actually not far from me um here in iowa there's um it's a nuclear plant that they're, they're actually going to be decommissioning it here in the next couple of years. They're starting to shut everything down because I guess it's a multi-year process to actually fully shut them down safely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I should be more mindful because if they're flying over all the nuclear plants,
1: Oh, this is like the the nuclear bombs. They have nuclear Where or keep the nuclear bombs at.
0: Oh, Oh, you're talking of like the, Warcraft-type nuclear stuff, not the actual, like, nuclear power plants. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. No, I don't think we have any of those near here. At least I hope not.
1: Yeah. I'm like, I, uh, well, I don't know. I, I live pretty close to, like, What I did uh, the... What was that? Manhattan Project.
0: The Manhattan Project?
1: Yeah. I've been to that town. It's, like, perfectly place where you would want to... Build an atomic bomb in case it went off, because it's like a giant bowl, basically. So when it spell when it spell off too much.
0: Well, didn't that place? Didn't they build like a little fake town, like a ghost town, to be able to test when they when they tested off the nuclear bombs, so that they could see how it reacted on on a city?
1: Oh, I think I was in like New Mexico, like down in the Arizona, New Mexico places. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought they actually built... I mean, and I could just be getting facts misconstrued with uh, Indiana Jones because he was in that town there because he hid in the refrigerator. But I could have swore that they actually had done that back in the 50s. Was it the 50s? Yeah, the 50s when they did that. Yeah. They did do that. From
1: 1951 and 1992. 1992.
0: Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that they were still testing them that that late in the in time. Both Am-
1: in the air and underground.
0: Huh. I didn't know that.
1: I don't know they. Like, There's one story where they tried to do it on space, and like it knocked out everything the the EMP, and like uh, we can't do that. at Some point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and that makes you wonder. It's like, hopefully they're doing it in an area where they can keep people out because, you know, when they dropped them on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they had a horrible time with the radiation from it afterwards for oh, yeah. years and years and years.
1: And they had, like, really bad birth effects for, like, generations.
0: Yeah, like, and I, I could have sworn I just watched a documentary not that long ago that said that there's still... Even even today, they're still higher than normal radiation levels in the area of both those towns.
1: True, and then there's a uh, one town that the nuclear power plant blew up. Oh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl uh, thank you, Chernobyl.
0: Yeah, well, and
1: it's still bad.
0: Yeah, they still don't let anybody in there. They um, it, there's a show out and. Was it on Netflix? I believe. I think it was Netflix. That it was um, these people that go out and they do um, like dark. It's called dark tourism, okay. and um, one of the places that they do this dark tourism stuff is at Chernobyl or one of the one of the towns where they had the the nuclear disaster, and you can go and. You can't, like, fully go into the town, but you can go, like, up near it, and they all have to wear, like, these radiation monitors as they're doing the tour, so if they get into an area that's too high in radiation, they have to turn around and get back out of it, but the the, the host guy, like, coaxed the coaxed the tour, uh, tour guide to kind of take them in a little further than they're supposed to, and, like, all their alarms started going off and stuff, <laughs> so... But yeah, I mean, it was crazy that these there's people out there that that's exactly what they do. They find these really dark, horrible things, and they go and they tour them.
1: Yeah, uh, dark tourists was it called? That was yeah yeah, I watched it. that was an awesome show. It was so interesting.
0: It was. yeah, I couldn't stop watching it. The host on it was
1: hilarious. Yeah, they went to Japan to Fukushima. Yeah, they listed the
0: Fukushima nuclear disaster. Well they had that um, that nuclear disaster in, in America too. It was um was that the three mile island out, out in New York. Yeah. I mean it wasn't anywhere as bad as like Chernobyl and stuff, but they had that full meltdown. That was God, I think that was in the seventies. I think. Yeah, i think it was in the 70s i don't know i'll have to look it up
1: 1979
0: yeah there you go back in
1: three mile island love history
0: yeah <laughs> you gotta love history if you're in the paranormal <laughs>
1: a uh, encounter a a being in your investigation, and they're sassy.
0: A bean? Uh, like a,
1: a ghost or whatever.
0: Um, oh, a, a being, a sassy ghost? Yeah, a sassy ghost. Um. Well, what what type of terminology of sassy are you talking? Like uh, grumpy or pissy, or like just messing with you?
1: Or what? Like oh, like have a they have an attitude or something. That's pissy.
0: Oh yeah. Well and a lot of a lot of people believe with it is, you know, however you acted when you were a living being is the same way you're gonna act afterwards. So I mean if you're that pissy old man that, you know, screams at the kids to get off your front lawn, you know, that's the same type of person you're gonna be when you're a ghost. And I mean we've been into places that we've investigated that have had those types of of beings in them where you know they'll be swearing at you on your audio recordings or telling you to get out or shut up or you know f off or you know you'll you'll get stuff like that and then i mean you get you get like the prankster ones that'll just mess with you you know like you'll you'll set up your equipment and then it'll knock it down or Stuff will get moved on you. Um, then you have ones that will kind of almost to a point play hide-and-seek with you a little bit where they'll kind of flicker your device a little bit and then they won't will touch anything and won't respond. And then you'll get frustrated with it and go to move on and then they'll kind of flicker it a little bit. And then you're like, oh, well, well maybe we should stay. And then they won't do anything again for a while. So, I mean, yeah, you run into all, all sorts of different types of interactions we i uh had investigated it in an old school house one time and um there was believed that there was some spirits of children that were still there and we had a evp that came across we'd been playing uh, essentially a, a, a type of a game of hide and seek with with them so like we would um use the, the sensors to walk around this room to try and find them. And then when they it would show up on there it'd be like, all right, found you. Go hide again. And then the cut the lights would go off the thing and you'd have to walk around the room and then you'd find them again like in a corner or something and found you. You know, but at one point we were asked talking asking questions and um, one of the one of the people with us had said, you know, what's your favorite animal? And we clears the bell on the recording, you got the sound, the kid, it sounded like a kid's voice making the sound of a duck, you know, sitting there going quack, 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 quack. Oh. So, I mean, you never really know what you're going to find.
1: <clears throat> it's like for kids though, you dead and you're stuck in school forever.
0: Well, and, and some of the things that you got to remember too, with that is, is, you know, most people try to, I guess one of the theories of it is when you die, you you revert back to your happiest times for, for most people. Um, you know, so if your happiest moments were childhood and you revert back to that child, either that child appearance or that child mentality, you know, where are you going to go? You're either going to go to your parents' house or the house that you grew up in, or you're gonna go to the school because, you know, school's where you spend a lot of your time. And for the most part, young kids really enjoy being in school, because that's where their friends are. They get to hang out with their friends. They get to do a lot of fun things. So they don't just think about, oh my God, homework and tests. It's, you know, I got to hang out with my friends here. So, you know, that could be one theory on why they were there. You know, and then if you want to really dive deep into it, you know, there are creatures out there that, or beings out there that take the persona of a kid to trick people into thinking it's a child, so that way they can kind of manipulate you because you let your guard down if you think it's a child. Because obviously, you know, unless it's a black-eyed kid knocking on your front door, you're not gonna have your guard up if you're communicating with a kid, even, you know, in real life. You know, if a four-year-old walks up to you and starts talking to you, you're not gonna put your defenses up going, this kid's gonna like, eat my soul or, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
1: Oh man, I'm trying to think of I a story. Remember a story about that kid? Um, he had like a ghost, little ghost girlfriend and they were like, hang out and so he will disappear And he showed up like miles down the road and he kept getting sicker and stuff. And he wasn't hanging out with her. He's trying to be like a demon or something.
0: No, I didn't hear about that. I can't remember where I heard it from. So this demon faked being a little girl and like sucked this kid in and just kept like eating away at him or what?
1: Yeah, exactly. They kept like draining his energy. She kept getting like better and kept it like sicker and like more jerky and like acting weird like acting acting out
0: huh no i didn't hear i don't think
1: i've heard about that one it's hard like google stuff it's like a kid ghost like a kid ghost huh
0: no that's crazy
1: apparently it's a story
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't doubt that one bit. I mean, as much as I try to mentally tell myself that demons don't exist, I mean, there's enough evidence out there to show that they do. Um, I just, you know, I I personally don't want to mess with them by any means necessary.
1: I'll respect them. I give them like a dangerous animal, like a tiger. Give them respect
0: yeah, I, I don't blame me on that one, but at the same time, that's kind of dangerous too. Because, um, I guess by respecting them, you kind of—well, no, I guess I guess you could. But as I say, I'd be I'd be scared by giving them that respect. It would um, make them feel comfortable with you, almost, to a way. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, oh by respect, I mean I give them a wide berth. Oh. <laughs>
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's a that's a way better, <laughs> way better way to do it. Yeah, I don't. I I've had a handful of investigations that they have a very demonic overtone to them when we kind of go through the the preliminary screening of it, and I've been like, you know, I'm I'm going to sit this one out because there's there's certain things that. I just, I won't touch, and, and d- demonic type stuff, I, I shy away from, because you have to be, if you're going to go out and encounter demons and work around them, you have to be very solid in your mind and your spirit, and you have to be the type of person that nothing is going to bother you or affect you, period. Period. You have to be able to completely shut yourself off because they're going to find any chink in that armor that you have and they will exploit it. And I just, I'm not comfortable enough saying that I'm that type of person. You know what I mean? I don't want to take that risk.
1: I agree with you. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I'll get scared or freaked out or... Yeah, I don't take that risk either. It's a supreme like there's a chance to bring it home and it hurt other people.
0: Yeah, and that and that's the other thing too because the demon will attach onto you. Think of it kind of like so. Do you, have you ever like read any of the comics or the like know the backstory to uh, Venom?
1: Uh, yeah, it's the- like a alien part of alien hybrid. Only species made from I forget who made
0: them. Help. Yeah, but he's he's essentially a virus. Yeah. So so the symbiote will attach to a host and just suck it till it or attach to it till it essentially de like demolishes itself or deconstructs itself, destroys itself. There's the term, and then moves on to the next one. And that's that's essentially what those are too. They just latch on and destroy you and then move on to the next person yeah
1: sounds very similar to like shadow people a
0: bit kinda I mean some some of them um I don't think all shadow people are that way um I think some of it is would fall more into the the realm of just like a residual type yeah. deal as opposed to a, a intelligent being. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of them are just kind of stuck in that time loop where they just, you know, the same time, the same day, they just keep doing the same thing. So, but I mean, yeah, there's some that are, that are intelligent or I, at least I think are intelligent. We've had, we've had some that'll, um, that have interacted with us, um, I've had I've had ones that are like the size of children that have popped out around the corners, and like act, looked like they're like spying on us. And then when you you made mention of it or paid attention to it, it shot back around the corner. Um, I've had one that's that's like bum rushed down a hall towards us before it disappeared. Oh. Um, and then I've had other ones that you've you know you just see running down a hall and like disappearing through a wall. So I mean. The, they could be anything. The one that, the one that I saw when we were kids, I mean, I, I chalk it up to the fact that we were young, but, you know, it, it scared, it scared the everything out of us. I mean, for the longest time, I slept with a blanket over my head because I, I didn't want to see the thing again.
1: Um, i never seen a shadow person. Are they, like, two-dimensional like on the walls or, or more three-dimensional like you
0: can... it, it varies so okay. yeah so I mean you'll see some that just appear on the wall we had a case where we had one that it literally it looked like our, our shadow was on the wall and actually it honestly looked like you were seeing like the shadowy reflection of yourself in a mirror. Like you couldn't make out any of the details. It was just like the shadowy outline of it. But it looked like, you know, like if you were in the dark and you're sitting in front of a mirror, you know how you'd kind of see that shadowy shape of yourself in the, in the mirror. Yeah. That's what it looked like on the wall, but there wasn't a mirror there. And the light coming into the room, which I wasn't, much because we we're in the middle of uh, nowhere iowa in this little small farm town so there wasn't much light anyway you know it's one of those ones where you can walk out in your backyard and you can see all the stars in the sky um but the window wasn't behind us it was to the side of us so there's no physical way the light would have reflected our shadow onto that wall but it that one just looked like a shadow on the wall But like the other ones that we've seen, you know, moving around, they do kind of have that almost three dimensional shape to them. But not really? Yeah. I mean, if that makes sense, they kind of look 3D ish because you can tell their placement in the room compared to the other objects. So you know they're not on the wall. But at the same time, they're not really 3D. It's kind of hard to explain. Like a pop up book? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that'd be a good a good way to look at it. So it's like maybe I guess you could call it 2D in a 3D environment. Yeah. I guess that would probably be the best way to describe it. It's it's unsettling. I'll tell you that much when you I mean, I don't want to say you get used to seeing them because, you know, as you investigate because it still catches you off guard cuz you'll be in a room sitting there having a conversation into the darkness and you'll see the shadow of a person moving around the room or moving somewhere or doing something that you know nobody in your group that's in that room with you is standing over there. So it's it's almost like the Peter Pan effect. Remember when his shadow starts kind of doing its own thing and he's trying oh, yeah. to reattach it to himself? It's yeah. kind of like that, except in a, like a Whole, whole different atmosphere.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm guessing because of the, the lights affect uh, your equipment. That's why you got to keep all the lights off, I'm guessing.
0: No, no. Um, so the reason why they do the investigations usually in the dark is because the amount of energy it takes to manifest is it's easier in the dark it doesn't take as much so think of it like this have you ever worn like a fuzzy sweater or had a blanket or something on you where it was had a lot of static energy on it static electricity on it yeah so you know when you rub your hand across it you can hear the static crackling but you can't see it but when you shut the light off and do it again you can see the little blue sparks oh
1: yeah
0: so True. it takes it 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 makes it easier for them to manifest so um your eyes obviously they adjust to the darkness um when you're in it and their your your irises and stuff are more wide open so it's trying to take in more light So any light anomalies or any manifestations that require the energy in theory are going to cause light. I mean, you know, any, any time you have that atomic reaction where, you know, protons are accelerating or colliding or anything, you know, they cause sparks or flashes. It's, it make it's easier to see in the dark. So energy being expelled for manifestation is easier to see in the dark, and so it requires less effort and energy to to produce enough energy to manifest. So that's why that's why it's dark when we do it. It's not because we're freaks and we just like to sit around in dark places and talk to nothing. Yeah. It's just it's it's just one of those um, attempts to to do that. And I mean, there are places out there that you can go to. When you do investigations that are like very, very active, to where, it doesn't have to be dark out in order to see what's happening, you know, um, there's a place called the um, called the Bird Cave had manifestations in broad daylight, and there's other places too where you know you, they they've they've had reports of like faces and stuff in the windows during the day.
1: Mm. Windows. yeah like, oh, okay. so uh of all the cryptids in wyoming what's, what was your favorite
0: well that's a tough one so yeah. they have so many different different things out there um i mean personally for me i've always been kind of a softie for bigfoot um it's it's nice to hear stories about him i mean they're they're everywhere but um i don't know i think maybe the the lake monster may have my vote for this one i mean the aliens are good too but i'm kind of in the mindset of aliens are really cool and interesting but i don't ever want to see one myself or at least if I see it, I want to see it from far away. I don't want to actually interact with it. So I would say maybe the lake monster because, you know, I've always been really big on the Loch Ness monster, on Nessie. Yeah. Um, same with the, the lake monster in Lake Champlain. Yeah. Champy. Yeah. Champy. So, I mean, that's always kind of been right up my alley. And the, the fact that they have one is really cool. And I actually was kind of kicking myself because like I said, you know, I can't count how many times in my life I've traveled up Interstate 90 through Wyoming, and literally the Lake DeSmit is literally right on that highway. You drive right past it. And so I was kind of kicking myself that I never actually, have, I've never actually stopped and tried to see if I could see it.
1: Hey guys, this is Heather and Kristen, the hosts of Sinister Sweethearts Podcast, and we want to share with you a little bit about our show. If you're looking for fun banter between old college sweetmates about all things paranormal, sinister, weird, and generally creepy, check out our podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. How would you go about um, capturing evidence for Smitty?
0: Oh, God. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would probably get cameras set up. I, I Maybe like trail cams or something. I don't even know if trail cams would actually work because if he's out in the lake, I don't know if they would, the sensors would trigger far enough away. But at least like set up like cameras that monitor the lake um you could maybe use like a some type of like heat signature type device but you know at the same time if you're living in a lake in wyoming you're probably cold-blooded to begin with so it may not throw off enough of a signal because its body temperature is probably pretty similar to to the lake I mean I mean, I don't know I guess you could use almost like a like a fishing sonar type thing you know like you used like the depth finders that they use when you go fishing oh
1: yeah
0: you know you could probably use something like that I wonder if that wouldn't work and then you know you could always do like underwater cameras too those are pretty easy to get a hold of I don't know I've never really thought about chasing down a lake monster catch. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't think my house is big enough to mount it on my wall if I caught it. So,
1: <laughs> oh, like, I don't know how you put it in your. Try to take it out, like, in a crane or something.
0: Yeah, no kidding. It's like that that show on that they have on TV, that chasing monster show where that dude goes around and catches all these monster fish and.
1: Oh yeah, river monsters.
0: Yeah. I, He's awesome. Yeah, that dude is amazing. I wish I had, like, half the skill at fishing
1: that he did. Yeah. Like, and he's so cool. He just talks to his people. And he's, like, like this giant fish. It's, it's like, a, oh, this giant fish. And, like, they killed three people already. So he like, catches it in, like, a week. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, and did you ever notice the fact that the dude knows, like, every single language on Earth?
1: Oh, yeah, he's super smart. Yeah,
0: it's like everywhere he goes he could be in like this little like podunk village in Africa and he's speaking the same language that they are like fluently. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this dude's amazing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, He caught that giant like ray in Taiwan or somewhere.
0: Oh yeah, the big manta ray that he caught.
1: I, I took him like it forever though. I took him like, couple, like all night. To yeah, in.
0: yeah, because he was collecting the uh, the poison off the <laughs> off the, tail? the little tail. Yeah. So, but what was your favorite cryptid out of Wyoming?
1: I think the werewolf was pretty cool. The Story was pretty interesting.
0: It was, and it's funny that they're tossing the rabbits, and like, nope, we're done. <laughs> like, nope. I'm out.
1: <laughs> Poor Jim. He's like, I don't even want to go. Just stuck in this. <laughs> He's like, I don't even want to go out tonight. I'm lost. What's that?
0: Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> it's like my my night's already shot. How is this going to get any worse? Well, uh, it did.
1: And the oh God, yeah, <laughs> and the yells down with the sirens and the. Bigfoot is throwing
0: people into geysers. Yeah, cool. that would that would ruin the trip. <laughs> could, could you imagine that? You're, you're you're on a family vacation, and you're out there in some of the beautifulest country or terrain that this country has, with the the hot springs and the geysers and the waterfalls and the, all everything out there, and then Bigfoot just grabs you and chucks you into one of the geysers.
1: <laughs> it's like why <clears throat> it's, like, it's like makes a yep. joke makes the last man quip to his ex-wife about uh, his ex-wife while he falls in Look, it been yep <laughs> <laughs> yep oh, i'll to... uh, think about i thought about this like it's weird how bigfoot's so like territorial with all like the breaking like tree breaks and everything in the Highland, or yeah, women. but he's also like nomadic too. This is where we're
0: Yeah, well, I mean, think about it though. Are you really going to want to stick around in a place for very long if you're already out there throwing rocks at people? No. Because you know what's the first thing they're going to come back and do if you're they you know you're out there throwing rocks at somebody? They're going to turn around and come back after you. You got to get the hell out of there.
1: Yeah. Also I think like most Bayfoot sightings are like adolescent males being teenagers, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, true. True. I mean they're not gonna they're not gonna listen to you anyway, so they're gonna do whatever they want.
1: <laughs> I hear about that one Russian story about those campers, like they were camping out in the mountains. And they are like all Froze Death, all the night
0: Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to I'm trying to fully remember the
1: story. Uh Dietov can't read. Uh di- of to- pass, isn't it? Um uh, Nine Russian hikers died in the Northern Uray Mountains between one first 1st and 2nd January, of uh, Fe- uh, February, 1959 in uncertain circumstances. Experienced trekking camp group were all from Uri Polytechnical Institute established a camp on the source of quite a Cir- uh, mountain, can't read can't read. mountains, uh, an area that's now named in honor of the group's leader, uh, Igor Dalatov. During the night, something caused them to tear their way out of their tents and flee at the campsite while inadequately dressed for the heavy heavy snowfall and sub-zero temperatures. Huh. Like they tore open a, they're like half naked in their PJs. And they tore open a hole through the tent and the site start going out for some reason. No one knows why.
0: Yeah, I do remember hearing about that now. Now that you say that, it's like they just like went crazy almost.
1: Yeah. And everybody's thinking it's like, oh, it's like military testing, or they had a fight, or they got like they weren't cold because they're like reverse hydro. They got so cold that they weren't cold no more for some reason.
0: Yeah, like their hypothermia just got so severe that it actually, it wasn't affecting, it was bad.
1: Crazy. I think, it, I was I I remember, like, like, could have been, like, aliens, The thing about aliens, get verbal explanation.
0: You think that aliens are involved with that? Hmm. This went, crazy. this went crazy. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's been a lot of studies in that, too, where, you know, I mean, shoot, just look at the 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 shining. I mean, they got trapped into that into the hotel in the middle of winter and they just went crazy. I oh, mean, yeah. that happens in a lot of places. There's been lots of stories about that where people just it's like a winter madness type thing where you're just you're so confined for so long that you just you just go nuts and you know that lends into the the um the wendigo stories too is you know the, the people are trapped in during the winter months they start going crazy and they you know sometimes they they kill the other people in the household with them and start eating them and that in, you know, the Native American culture is the sign of them getting that Wendigo curse that turns them into those. Uh,
1: pretty much like the Donner Party. Yeah. <laughs> yep, there you go. Oh, that's awful. How you choose? I, I don't know how you would... I think I would might to offer myself up. I couldn't eat, I couldn't eat nobody. But I, again... I like myself like uh, myself it's hard to say I don't want to eat nobody but it's hard that's hard decision to make like, yeah
0: well and see and I keep myself at this nice me <laughs> I mean I, when I was younger I was really skinny so there's no meat there but now now i just got enough fat to where i don't think anybody would want to eat me so
1: more fat that's better tastes better get more fat on you
0: oh yeah true good point but i think if you're at a point where you're eating people you're not really going to care what they are i guess the real weird thing is you know where would you start i mean you know, they talk about Jeffrey Dahmer having, like, fingers and stuff like that in his fridge. I mean, would would you start with the fingers? I would think that there wouldn't be much bone on there, or meat on there, but... I don't know. It's hard to kind of think of that in that type of mindset. True.
1: Sure. No, I would start with the fingers. Like, the shoulder.
0: Shoulder so, or the the thigh, maybe?
1: Yeah. Something meaty. Or those meat in the fingers. Yeah. It's like chicken, it's like chicken wings.
0: <laughs> well, I guess if you had barbecue sauce,
1: you're... What, are, what's the, what do people taste like? Probably like pork, because pork is like very similar to human skin. Human meat, apparently. really so, so i'm wondering when uh anchor is going to do like videos let's spy Hey, anyway where do you go hello hello Oh man. No problem. We'll here. <sighs> Hopefully, I'll, I'll edit this out. Don't worry. I'm going to cloud twice to make sure I edit this out. There we go. Okay. Meanwhile, Your lesson on Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming is a landlocked state in the western United States. It's the largest state by area. It's also the least populous and second most sparsely populated state in the country. It's bordered by Montana to the north and northwest, South Dakota and Nebraska to the east, Colorado to the south, Utah to the southwest, and Idaho, Idaho to the west. The state population shows Estimated at 578,759 in 2019, which is less than 31 of the most populous US cities. The state's capital and the most po- and the most populous city is Cheyenne, which has an estimated population of 63,957 in 2018. Western half of Wyoming is most covered by the ranges and rangelands of the Rocky Mountains. While the eastern half of the state is a high elevation prairie, also called the High Plains. Almost half of the land in Wyoming is owned by the U.S. government, leading Wyoming to rank sixth by area and fifth by proportion of a state's land owned by the federal government. Federal lands include two national parks, Grand Tinton and Yellowstone, two national recreation areas, two national monuments. Several national thor- forests, historic sites, fish hatcheries, and wildlife refuge. Original habits of the region include the. Hello! Welcome back! Hello. Yeah. we really did know where your awesome podcast is? When you come out with stuff? Where you can find it?
0: Sure. Well, for the episodes themselves, you can go to just about any podcast directory that's out there to find us. So, I mean, we're on iTunes. We're on Pandora. We're on Amazon. Um, you can find us in Google Podcasts. Um, we're even... Our show is even Alexa-enabled, so you can, you know, walk in the door and say, Hey Alexa, play the Para-Unity podcast, and she'll kick it on for you. So, I mean, literally anywhere you want to find a podcast, you can find us there. If you want to actually interact with us, the best places to go are Instagram, Facebook, or our website. So, you can, you can find us on Instagram at Parainity Podcast. Same with on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Podcast. And our website is um, the Parainity Podcast. Um, you can also email us to you know, Podcast at Gmail. So, we're pretty easy to find, pretty easy to get a hold of. And we always love talking anything paranormal that anybody wants to talk about.
1: I care the logo on with ghost hunters.
0: Yeah, I liked him too when we when we were first kind of doing our concept art for it. Um, trying to figure out exactly how we wanted to do it. Um, we we kind of settled on that guy because he's well, he's he's friendly looking. So that's that's the first start because you know, obviously the whole concept of Perry Unity is friendly and interacting with other teams and but yet he still kind of had that kind of homage to like Ghostbusters a little yeah. bit so I think it's it kind of appeals to the masses I guess would be kind of a good way to say it
1: first episode it's Pear River start your season three you know I mean- yep
0: yep um it was uh just a. what was it a week ago, we we had our first first episode of season three. It was with Bear River Port Paranormal in Utah, in Logan, Utah. And um, Shane is a great guy, yeah, very very knowledgeable on the paranormal, and, and he's very very passionate about it. And I mean, you can really tell in in the the, the conversation I had with him. Our next episode actually comes out not. This coming Monday, but the following. So we are, our episodes come out every two weeks on Mondays, at uh, right around midnight, is when they drop, and the this one is actually a, a a new a fairly new author in the paranormal field. So she's just released her first book in her series that she's writing, and it sounds like there's it could be a pretty pretty substantial series of books all about this this lady that she's a um, just one of them tough chicks that are out there that she's a she's an investigative reporter and her career's kind of going in the dumps and she turns to the paranormal to kind of find a way to boost her career back up and this first book she she's dealing with um, alien ruins and a, and a body in ruins and then it ends up winding up where she's tracking through the Pacific Northwest in search of Bigfoot. So I mean, it's it's a definitely catches your attention. She's an amazing, amazing author, but it's Betsy Kulikowski is her name, and so she's our guest on our next
1: episode. Well, kind of uh, the plot you're saying you're talking about. It reminded me of that one show with the face like
0: Ghost Hunter not not Ghost Hunter but fucking kind of like Destination Truth almost (sighs) I think that I think that's the that's the show that's most similar to so she goes out trying to trying to solve these cases and I mean Betsy's got just this amazing mind I mean she types at just an exponential rate so she just turns out book after book after book and she's already got a bunch of them already written that she's you know just kind of chomping at the bit to release but she wants to give each one enough time to really let people read them before they get sucked into the next one
1: yeah that's a good author like I know, some authors are like just check out books like I didn't finish this first one
0: Got another one. Yep. No, she. Oh. And I, I encourage people to really give her a chance because the way she writes her books, they, it's 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 one of the things I really like about certain authors is you can fully just immerse yourself into the, the way she writes, and it gives you such a great mental view of what's happening. Like she's so descriptive in the way she does it. That you can literally see it in your mind as you're reading it, so it, it just it's like a watching a movie in your brain almost. Awesome. What's her yep. name? Oh, her her name is Betsy Kulikowski. The name of her book is The Veritas Codex. Veritas Codex. Where you yep. it? Oh. Yeah, definitely check it out. You can find it everywhere. But season three, also I should mention, is gonna be a pretty exciting season so i mean we obviously we're talking to different different paranormal teams around the country um we're working still on teaming up with a team from france as well as a team from germany and we have a couple teams from down by australia and new zealand that we're going to be have on this season um we have another author that um I've already recorded with that'll it. be coming out here a little bit later in the year, where she's a, a psychic medium that actually goes into the prisons and talks to serial killers. So she wrote a book about her sitting down and talking to uh, Ronnie DeFeo, the you know, the the guy that killed everybody at the Amityville horror house. Oh. So she talked with him. Um, she was actually at uh, Charles Manson's funeral. And I tried to I tried to say there's no possible way. and then she sent me a picture of him laying in his casket. So I mean, <laughs> that she had taken. So she's got some amazing stories. She'll be on the season. Um, we're gonna have an episode later on this season about black-eyed kids. Oh. Um, maybe a few other little cryptid-ish type topics that we may be getting our, our fingers into. So I mean it's really going to be an exciting season. And then of course you know we're going to be a part of that Halloween episode with everybody as well.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited to hear that. It comes out. I want to hear very stories. I'm so excited.
0: Yep. it's It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I need to finish recording my my story for it. And then the other big thing too is, you know, on Facebook right now through October 31st, we ha- we're doing a big push where we want to get some more Facebook followers. So the kind of the spoiler with this is, is, you know, if you come and like our show and, you know, tag a friend on one of the posts that we have about it and, and like the post, like the page, you know, you're going to be entered in a chance to win some, pretty sweet para Unity Podcast merchandise that's not even available to be purchased yet. So it's kind of a win it before you can buy it type situation where it's it's some pretty cool stuff coming out. I'm, I'm pretty excited about
1: it. I got a shirt here and a mask and Yep,
0: and I mean we'll have all sorts of stuff from coffee cups to magnets to blankets to shirts to masks to I mean you name it, you can you could probably buy it. If it's something that you want per unity, you can you can find it. So it's gonna be pretty exciting once the merchandise fully rolls out and is available on our website. Um, but yeah, like I said, with this with Facebook, we're really trying to push to get a lot of new followers because we got a lot of exciting stuff coming out. And this is a great chance to get in early and get a chance to win some cool stuff. Awesome.
1: That looks awesome. Like your shirt, your mask. Really cool stuff. Man, I mean, I want to see your stuff, all stuff.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for your time, by the way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's been an absolute blast. The time really kind of flew by.
1: Oh, yeah, it did. It was like we started it two hours later
0: what's yeah, two hours between friends
1: <laughs> a minute thank you everyone for listening to this episode of monster Hunter podcast next week is Washington because I forgot about it two weeks ago when I did Wisconsin and next is the after that is the season finale and I got do like announcements about Season two. Yeah, I'll talk about I gotta talk to everybody in the group about it later. What? Oh, uh, have a good week, have a great day. Thank you. Keep your eye open in cases that following home. Oh. Hey guys, this is Eric and Jessica Carrier, the hosts of the Prairie Land Paranormal Podcast, and we are excited to officially be part of the Paranormality Radio Network.
0: If you're looking for a show with variety and are interested in taking deep rabbit hole dives into topics such as legend, lore, conspiracy and creepy pasta, all with a little bit of a storytelling, research, and personal experience twist.
1: Check out our show at dot com, or through your favorite podcast player. So, Brandon. Yeah. You really know where your awesome podcast is, when you come out with stuff, where you can find it.
0: Sure. Well, for the episodes themselves, you can go to just about any podcast directory that's out there to find us. So, I mean, we're on iTunes, we're on Pandora, we're on Amazon. Um, you can find us in Google Podcasts. Um, we're even, our show is even Alexa enabled. So you can, you know, walk in the door and say, hey, Alexa, play the Para Unity podcast and she'll kick it on for you. So, I mean, literally anywhere you want to find a podcast, you can find us there. If you want to actually interact with us, the best places to go are Instagram, Facebook, or our website. So you can you can find us on Instagram at paraunity podcast. Same with on Facebook, Facebook.com backslash paraunity podcast. And our website is um, the Um, You can also email us too, you know, podcast at gmail. So we're pretty easy to find, pretty easy to get a hold of, and we always love talking anything paranormal that anybody wants to talk about. I'll
1: hear the logo. I'm Ghost Hunters.
0: Yeah, I liked them too when we when we were first kind of doing our concept art for it um trying to figure out exactly how we wanted to do it um we we kind of settled on that guy because he's well he's he's friendly looking so that's that's the first start because you know obviously the whole concept of paraunity is friendly and interacting with other teams and but yet he still kind of had that kind of homage to like Ghostbusters a little yeah. bit so I, I think it's it kind of appeals to the masses I guess would be kind of a good way to say it
1: first episode it's Bear River start your season three you know? I mean, yep
0: yep um it was uh just a what was it a week ago we we had our first first episode of season 3 it was with bear river Port paranormal in utah in logan utah and um shane is a great guy yeah, very very knowledgeable on the paranormal and, and he's very very passionate about it and i mean you can really tell in in the the, the conversation i had with him our next episode actually comes out not this coming monday but the following so we are our episodes come out every two weeks on mondays at uh right around midnight is when they drop and the this one is actually a a, a new a fairly new author in the paranormal field so she's just released her first book in her series that she's writing and it sounds like there's it could be a pretty pretty substantial series of books all about this this lady that she's a um, just one of them tough chicks that are out there that she's a, she's an investigative reporter and her career's kind of going in the dumps and she turns to the paranormal to kind of find a way to boost her career back up. And this first book, she, she's dealing with um, alien ruins and a, and a body in ruins and then it ends up winding up where she's tracking through the pacific northwest in search of bigfoot so i mean it's it's a definitely catches your attention she's an amazing amazing author but it's betsy kulikowski is her name and so she's our guest on our next episode
1: okay uh... The plot you're saying you're talking about it remind me of that one show with the her face, like Ghost Hunter, not not Ghost Hunter, but fucking
0: kind of like des- Destination Truth almost. <sighs> I think that I think that's the that's the show that's most similar to. So she goes out trying to trying to solve these cases, and I mean, Betsy's got just this amazing mind i mean she types at just an exponential rate so she just turns out book after book after book and she's already got a bunch of them already written and that she's you know just kind of chomping at the bit to release but she wants to give each one enough time to really let people read them before they get sucked into the next one
1: yeah that's good author like I don't know, some authors are like just check out books. Like I can, I can finish this first one. You already got another one.
0: Yep. Yeah. No, she, oh. and I, I encourage people to really give her a chance because the way she writes her books, they, it's 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 one of the things I really like about certain authors is you can fully just immerse yourself into the, the way she writes, and it gives you such a great mental view of what's happening. Like she's so descriptive in the way she does it that you can literally see it in your mind as you're reading it. So it, it just it's like a watching a movie in your brain almost. That's awesome. what's her, yep. what's your name? Oh her her name is Betsy Kulikowski. The name of her book is the Veritas Codex. Veritas Codex. Where
1: yep. buy it?
0: Sounds- yeah. Definitely check it out. You can find it everywhere. But season three also, I should mention, is going to be a pretty exciting season. So, I mean, we obviously we're talking to different different paranormal teams around the country. Um, we're working still on teaming up with a team from France as well as a team from Germany. Ooh. And we have a couple teams from down by Australia and New Zealand that we're going to be have on this season. Um, we have another author that um, I've already recorded with that'll be coming out here a little bit later in the year, where she's a, a psychic medium that actually goes into the prisons and talks to serial killers. So she wrote a book about her sitting down and talking to uh, Ronnie DeFeo, the you know the the guy that killed everybody at the Amityville Horror House. Whoa. So she talked with him um she was actually at uh Charles Manson's funeral and I tried to I tried to say there's no possible way and then she sent me a picture of him laying in his casket so I mean <laughs> that she had taken so she's got some amazing stories she'll be on the season um we're going to have an episode later on the season about black eyed kids oh. um maybe a few other little cryptidish type topics that we may be getting our our fingers into so i mean it's really going to be an exciting season and then of course you know we're going to be a part of that halloween episode with everybody as well
1: yeah. i'm also excited to hear that it comes out i want to hear very stories I'm so excited
0: yep it's it's going to be fun i'm looking forward to it i need to finish recording my my story for it. And then the other big thing too is, you know, on Facebook right now through October 31st, we ha- we're doing a big push where we want to get some more Facebook followers. So the kind of the spoiler with this is, is, you know, if you come and like our show and, you know, tag a friend on one of the posts that we have about it and and like the post, like the page, you know, you're going to be entered in a chance to win some, Pretty sweet Para Unity podcast merchandise that's not even available to be purchased yet. So it's kind of a win it before you can buy it type situation, where it's it's some pretty cool stuff coming out. I'm pretty excited about it.
1: I got a shirt here and a mask and.
0: Yep and I mean we'll have all sorts of stuff from coffee cups to magnets to blankets to shirts to masks to I mean you name it you can you could probably buy it if it's something that you want per unity you can you can find it. So it's going to be pretty exciting once the merchandise fully rolls out and is available on our website um, but yeah like I said with this with Facebook we're really trying to push to get a lot of new followers because we got a lot of exciting stuff coming out and this is a great chance to get in early and get a chance to win some cool stuff.
1: Awesome. That looks awesome. Like your shirt your mask. Guys. Pretty cool stuff. Man, I mean, I want to take your stuff, all your stuff.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for your time, by the way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's been an absolute blast. The time really kind of flew by.
1: Oh, yeah, it did. It was like we heard it two hours later.
0: Yeah, that's two hours between friends.
1: (laughs) A minute. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Monster Podcast. Next week is Washington because I forgot about it two weeks ago when I did Wisconsin, and next is the after that is the season finale. I got these like announcements. Season two. I'll talk about. I gotta talk to everybody in the group about it later. Oh, uh, have a good week. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Monster Legend Podcast. Hope you were able to find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We also have our own website at monsterlegendpodcast.com. If you will be so kind to please leave a review and subscribe and let me know what I can do to make this show better for you. If you have any stories you'd like to submit or you'd like to be a guest, send me an email or a DM. But I hope you do one thing that's really important and have a great day. Thank you.